listening to Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders Thursday night safe space. Heading into round seven game against the Western Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium on Saturday afternoon. A rare Victorian game for Hawthorne. The players can actually drive their cars to the game and the supporters can either drive or take the train to the game. Melbourne-based supporters, certainly, for only the third time this year. So that in itself is a milestone, very exciting team selection, which we'll get into very shortly. And after a couple of weeks, I'm very happy to be back in the host chair. Thank you to Danny and to Andrew and others who have uh, hold, held the fort for me last couple of weeks. Good to be back with you. Um, and I will couple of those are with us now. A bit short staffed again tonight, but we will get there, no doubt. Andrew Weiss, hello. Good evening, Ash. Good evening, everyone. And yes, very much, I think, the hero of tonight's space. Andrew is... Weiss, hello. Oh, can you hear me? Brad, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. I heard uh, Weissy, you were there. Ash, I can hear you. You can't hear well, me, Ash? I can't hear Weissy, but... Uh... That is all a bit strange, but uh, back after a couple of weeks and the, the gremlins are there. We will try and work around this somehow. Um, not sure how we'll do it, but uh, we will get there. Weezy, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Uh, can you hear me? I'm just, guessing. You're just breaking up. I will continue talking in the meantime while you try and sort yourself out, just budding when you think you can talk. Um, so this is the Hawk Insiders. The key here, as always, is lots of listener interaction um, and lots of questions, lots of comments. We will get to you over the course of the next hour or so. It's been a wonderful feature of this space over the last few weeks that so many people can um, take part and have got really good conversation, really good comments and observations about the Hawks and footy in general. We've got a bit to get through tonight. Um, we will start with last week a heartbreaker for the Hawks down in uh, Tasmania. They lost to Adelaide by three points. Um, the game Hawthorne looked halfway through the last quarter, even well into time on the last quarter that they should win. At one stage, they led by 13 points in the last quarter, but they couldn't quite put the Crows away and goals to Rankin and then absolute beauty from... Um, Fogarty for the Crows, looking Fogarty in the last minute or so from a ridiculously tight angle. One of the best set shots for goal with the game on the line. I can recall seeing in recent times got the Crows over the line. Although, as Sam Mitchell pointed out today, Hawthorne went forward, as they did against the Giants. Hawthorne went forward and had chances to scramble a win with a, a couple of shots on goal they attempted, but they couldn't quite get over the line. Hopefully, there will be some learnings out of the game. Uh, I'm sure they reviewed that game to within an inch of its life in the post-game review over the week, uh, on Monday or Tuesday, whenever they uh, caught up again. Certainly, um, Fergus Green with three goals. Brad was a bit of a highlight. He, um, he's he been a bit of a... Uh, he, he's been a pretty good recruit for them so far. Fergus has been sensational. 11 goals for the season. He's our leading goal kicker at the moment. I think he'll be even better now with Mitch uh, Lewis uh, back in the side. 
he's Fergus has basically been playing as our number one key forward for the first six rounds of the season. So he's done a brilliant job. He's uh, replaced Gunston superbly well. He's playing better than Jack is actually at the moment for the Brisbane Lions. And yeah, he's turned out to be a brilliant pickup. He's probably going to uh, be our leading goal kicker this year. Uh, well, we didn't think so, but uh, he's, you know, he's got three goals each of the last two weeks. But, you know, he's a chance to to scramble 30 goals over the course of the season, which would be fantastic. So uh, he's been a good big up. And now, of course, we'll, uh, we'll talk about selection later on in the, the space. Um, all sorts of possibilities open up for Fergus Green now over the next um, little while as the tall timber finally uh, come back into the side. Um, another a good point out of last week, Brad, was Connor Nash with uh, not a career high 31, but 28. He went pretty well. Oh, back-to-back brilliant games from Connor. It's going to be interesting uh, this week. I think we just got to see how he goes with Will Day and Josh Ward back in uh, the side. Uh, he hasn't played. Will Day hasn't been in the side the last two weeks, and he's played that inside midfielder role. So I think uh, he'll probably go to Bont uh, this week. I'd be very surprised if Connor Nash didn't play on Bont in his 200th. But his last two weeks, I tweeted during uh, the game behind uh, Will Day. At the moment now, and I know others might disagree and say Jai is, but I reckon Connor Nash is our second best uh, fielder uh, currently. So he's been unbelievable uh, this season. It's been a surprise. I didn't think he could take his game to the next uh, level, but he's not only finding uh, the ball, but he's laying brutal tackles every game. Uh, he kicked a goal uh, last week. I think he had nine tackles last game, seven uh, the week before. So he's been unbelievable. Weezy, what did you like about the game? Have you got me now? Can you hear me all right, Ash? Yep. Oh, I think everyone else can. Uh, it's it's um, it's just not a, uh, Ash, but um, I think clearly... You go ahead, Weezy. Clearly, um, one of the big highlights was Connor Nash. And um, whilst he had more touches the week before his 28 disposals at an 85% disposal efficiency. Uh, he was in the contest, kicked a goal, seven tackles. Brad, including that tackle that was uh, Ruffhead-esque, which was, you know, we've gift and put in all of our articles ad nauseum because it was that good. Yeah, it was crunching. If only he could, only he kicked the goal afterwards. It was a poor set shot for goal, but yeah, brutal tackle. Very similar to, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, roughish tackle on Dan Hanabry um, in that grand final. So he has set uh, the tone really well. And as I said, it's going to be interesting to see the combination because we'll probably start against the Bulldogs in midfield of, um, it'll probably be Day, Nash and uh, Jai in the midfield. Yeah, I'm here. I'm having trouble getting Weezy, so you're going to come to me whenever he finishes speaking, basically. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah. Or yours. Is uh, is it my time uh, for the bad now, Ash? Brad, the bad. Uh, There wasn't too too much bad. Maxi Lynch was the number one for me. Devastating for Max. Suffered another concussion, the ninth of his... uh, AFL career, and unfortunately, his career could be in uh, jeopardy. Um, they'll obviously give him as much time as he needs. 
but it was bitterly disappointing for Max, especially after he had earned his way back into the side after dominating at Box Hill. Uh, he presented well in the first quarter, and yeah, unfortunately for Max now, look, don't know if he's going to play again. Um, nine concussions is a lot. I know we've seen the Paddy McCartan story, but we know how that is currently tracking now. So Max has some big decisions to make. Uh, the other bad for me was the second week in a row being in a winning position and losing by less than a goal. Myself included, week a few weeks ago, you know, was on the Harley Reid train. But I think North Melbourne and West Coast are both going to finish below us this year. I don't think they'll win five games. I think we will. So that game was a winnable game. It was disappointing to lose. Uh, those who, uh, you know, want us to lose to get Harley Reid, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think with Mitch Lewis back now, we're basically at full strength. We do have a really hard 10 weeks coming up. There's only a couple of winnable games, in my opinion. But I can see us winning four or five more games to end out the season. So we'll see how that goes. James Sicily took himself off with five minutes to go. He spoke about it uh, this week on uh, radio. He regretted doing it. He said it was a poor decision. And it absolutely was. A captain of the team took himself off with five minutes left in probably cost us the game in the end. So that was disappointing, but overall, not really too much bad. Would have been a freaky discussion this week between Sam Mitchell and uh, James Sissy reviewing the game and then the events of uh, yesterday or this morning, whenever it was on radio, which we will get back to uh, a bit later on in the space as well. Brad, what were your, your 3 two, one uh, Oh, my 3 two, I would have definitely given... Uh, three uh, to Connor Nash. Uh, I thought he was our uh, best our best player for the game. Uh, I'd give two probably to uh, Fergus. Fergus Green for kicking three goals straight, um, you know, for the second week in a row. And uh, one vote, which is might surprise a few. I reckon Sam Frost played an underrated game, and I reckon he's been our best defender uh, this year. I was critical of him in the first quarter with a turnover, but I think he took seven intercept marks for the game. Um, I think he is playing really, really well, which is unfortunate for uh, DGB and uh, James Blank because he has uh, relegated them to Box Hill. But I reckon James uh, Sam Frost has actually been our best defender this year. Well, the thing about Sam Frost, Brad, is that his defensive actions, his pure defensive work has been really good. It's been really good. Absolutely. But it's yeah, it's absolutely. the brain fade sometimes with the ball. More notable against the Giants than they were last week. Last week, I thought he was much sounder with ball in hand, made better decisions, and there was a bit less frosty ball. But he, he, he's driving. He's going to have a few, few uh, even more, developing even more grey hairs than we've got with, over the course of the season. That's probably why Melbourne got rid of him. Melbourne supporters certainly are uh, having a good laugh at the frustration Hawthorne fans are feeling about Sam Frost, but there's no doubt his leadership, I think, during the week is around the club. He's clearly uh, rated very, very highly. So the occasional brain fade uh, on the field, I think he's tolerated. I was talking to a couple of Hawthorne people post the Giants game over in Adelaide, and I uh, sort of had a side vent about Frost, and they pretty much laughed. So I think uh, they know what they get. They know what the package is with Sam Frost. It's mainly good, a little bit bad, and you have to, uh, you have to deal with it. Um, a couple of comments from people. Um, 
Doc Mansell will get to yours shortly. Fergus Green from Justin. Fergus Green only under contract this year. If so, should get a two-year deal. Has more gold than Gunston. Well, he's playing. Uh, he's playing pretty well, uh, Fergus Green. I think I'm not sure. I suspect he's probably only on a one-year deal. Um, but yeah, I think the club will be moving pretty quickly to extend it by at least twelve months. Don't you think, uh, Brad? Absolutely, he deserves another crack. He's exceeded. Uh, yeah, he's exceeded expectations. Jai Sarong is a bit of an unknown uh, at the moment. I think Jai would probably play that uh, role. Um, but there definitely is a spot. We're not exactly swimming in, you know, key forwards, those third forwards at uh, the moment. Max Ramson comes in this week, which is great, which we'll talk about. But it's basically going to be Mitch Lewis, hopefully with uh, Max as the number two. We've got a couple of those quality small forwards. I don't think Chad Wingard will uh, be in our best team next year. We've got some good, some good younger small forwards coming through for Box Hill. But there definitely is that third forward spot, which Fergus can make his own. And like you said, Ash, I think he'll end up kicking 30-plus goals this year, which is uh, brilliant. I'm thinking about Wingard a bit. I reckon Wingard will be a... It's, be, be, um, it might be almost the Alistair Clarkson rule. Once you get past 30, you get one-year contracts. And I think they might recontract Wingard next year. But I reckon it'll be one-year contracts. If someone wants to come along and offer him two or three, I'm not sure anybody will. But if someone wants to offer him the three years, he'll, he'll, he should certainly take it. Um, but I, I think I think this is one-year contracts. Uh, for, from here on in, going in for Chad. Uh, Mick Cowan, Mitchell's presser today gave a great summary on Nash's progression, realising Irish fine sport play a bit too hard to adapt to has been the key. Well, I think that's, a, that's certainly a couple of valid points there. Mitchell, I mean, Nash was tried as a defender, didn't really work. Tried as a forward, didn't really work. He's got the size to play forward if, if he had the if he, uh, if, if the game worked out for him. But I think the best go for Nash, really. Given he's got that rugby background as well, Brad, is just this crash and bash midfielder. What we, you now we were excited about um, you know, Cooper Stevens coming to the club as a slightly taller midfielder, but... Uh, it's Connor Nash who really provides that midfield at the moment with a different look and feel. Absolutely. He's 197 as well. So he's really, really tall. He provides something that our midfield hasn't really had in previous years. And, you know, it goes back to that argument, you know, that everyone says, oh, why do we get rid of uh, Jager and uh, Tom? Well, Connor's, you know, proved that was the right uh, decision. You know, we've got Jai in there. We've got James uh, Warple in there, Josh Ward. They're very similar types. But you put a Connor Nash and a Will Day in there who replace a Mitchell and an O'Meara and it looks completely different. And our midfield, to much surprise to many this year, has actually been our best part of uh, the ground. It's been our back line and our forward line. Forward line, obviously, without Mitch Lewis. But the back line's been the biggest disappointment and the midfield's actually been the best part of our team structure so far in 2023. Uh, the other thing about... Um... National. Well, you should note when we did the uh, podcast with Will Day last Friday, we asked him which player your eyes, uh, which player in the centre square do you, do you most like playing alongside? And I thought he'd mentioned um, Newcomb or Warple, but he actually mentioned Connor Nash. So clearly uh, they love the bashing crash Connor Nash brings. And it will be interesting to see what he does on Saturday against the Dogs, the sort of role he plays. Certainly, does he run with Bont? And does he sort of try and work Bonton Pelly over at every opportunity. Does he run with Tim English um, around the ground? I mean, there's a few different ways a Nash can be deployed now. Um, and certainly selection, which as we'll get to a bit later, suggests that they've got a, they can broaden 
their strategy in games now, which is uh, it's going to help Sam Mitchell, I think, with his coaching. Um, he certainly would feel he has a few more weapons at his disposal. So that's pretty much puts a bow on the Adelaide game um, on the weekend. Now, Box Hill had a great win, 19-10, to Coburg, 6 53 Thorpe kicked four, uh, Butler three, Kaczynski three, Hall two, Ramsden two, singles to Bennett, McGinnis, O'Sullivan, Ed Phillips and Cooper Stevens. Um, it was a good win by Box Hill. I'm always a little bit dubious. I have this conversation on our WhatsApp group. I'm a little bit dubious about um, Box Hill going against the non-aligned teams. I think they're different. You know, you're going up against uh, part-time footballers, often good footballers, but they don't quite uh, on the same level as the AFL-listed players. And right now, Box Hill's in a pretty fortunate position, aren't they, Brad, with a lot of AFL-listed players playing? I mean, look at the stats last week. Uh, Lockie Bramble had 37, uh, Brown had 33, O'Sullivan 27, Weddle 27, McInnes 26, Stevens 24, Mercedes 23, Porter 19, Bennett's 18, Bailey McDonald 18 as well. So, um, Cosie kicked four, had 14, kicked three goals, one as well. Uh, Josh Rice had 12, Ramsey kicked two, two, Butler kicked three goals from 10 touches. So, that Box Hill team is littered with um, AFL listed players. So, I'm not sure how much store you would place in wins over teams like Coburg? No, nah, you don't really pay attention uh, to those games. You mentioned it in our group. Coburg's made up of part-time footballers. Yes, it's good to see some of the guys find some form, but you get a better idea when they come up against, you know, the VFL sides that are affiliated with some of the stronger clubs in the AFL and some of the stronger clubs up north like uh, Southport, uh, but like uh, you said, Ash, you know, Bramble having 37. Our Box Hill Hawks side this year, um, I don't like to boast, Ash, but at the start of the season, I actually got, they were $51 for the flag in the VFL. They won't, they probably won't be Dark Casey. Casey will win it again. They'll go back to back. They've, I think they've won about 26 in a row or lost one in their last 30. But Box Hill were $51 at the start of the year and we knew, we spoke about it in our spaces how strong our VFL side is. We do have the most depth that we've had in a long time in our senior side. While a lot of the VFL players probably aren't ready to become quality uh, AFL players yet, they are really strong VFL players. And I reckon we'll finish in the top four this year in the VFL and have a chance to win it. I don't, as I said, I don't think we'll be Casey, but uh, the side is really strong at the moment. And we've seen our injury list. It's probably the best in the AFL at the moment, or at least in you know, top two or three in the AFL. So our mate Burge, who came in, is doing a brilliant job. He's doing an outstanding job. You can't pay these guys uh, enough money. Look at what Darren Burge has done in Adelaide. They've got one player, Hugh Bond, on their entire injury list at the moment. So they're flying. So the Burge has done a fantastic job at Hawthorne so far. Let's hope. That continues. Now, uh, we're, it's a little bit weird for us to For some reason, I can't hear Andrew Weiss, even though some of you can, so we pretty much squeeze him out because we don't want to have uh, this awkward silence or what have you. We want this to be the best experience for you guys, but uh, that means Brad and I need some help. So anybody who's got any comment, any question, please make a request to speak. Weissy is playing the true uh, producer behind the scenes. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll get you on. Um, with your questions. So please, let's make this as broad a conversation as possible. Brad and I, we talk to each other all day at work. We don't need to spend another hour talking to each other. 
just the two of us on the spaces. But Brad, I do want to discuss with you the uh, the interesting week that James Sicily has had, starting with the and I mentioned briefly on Sunday on Sunday being off the ground at a key stage of the last quarter, then going into his remarks uh, about Tasmania, which for which he had to apologise today. Tell me about James Sicily's week on and off the field. Brad? Can, can you hear me? Go, out? go, go ahead. Um, so I said I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in Sam's Ed office because I've got a feeling he would have torn absolute shreds off Sis, not only what happened on the field, but also his comments um, on air a couple of days ago. Uh, I might cop it for this. I'm sure a few of our supporters probably don't think it was such a big deal. But his comments on radio were some of the dumbest I've ever heard. Whether or not we want players to be uh, honest, fair enough. I get that an argument, but that is completely besides the point. Might have been taken a little bit out of context, but he meant what he said. And when your club's major sponsor gives your club millions of dollars every year, to come out and say what he said, especially the timing, you'd agree it as well, Ash, um, with you know the Tasmanian team about to come, you know, uh, come into the league. I, I actually couldn't believe it. It was seriously like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard and seen in a long time. He's the captain of our club, and to say that was just incredibly poor. And after what happened on Sunday, taking himself off with five minutes to go in the game when the game was on uh, the line, and he's come out and said that that was a terrible uh, mistake. So uh, good on him, you know, for uh, fronting up. And I love Sis because he's honest and he says it as it is. But whether he believed that or not, what he said about Tassie, you don't come out and say that. Don't care if people think it's good that he was honest. It was just dumb. I don't know what uh, you think, Ash, and what other people think. I'm happy to hear other people's thoughts. But that, to me, was just, I just couldn't believe it. Um, here's what I think. I think that you should have said it. I mean, it was a it was a, a silly thing to say. I mean, you could argue that Hawthorne's sponsorship is with Tasmania for tourism as opposed to residential, but that's that's a a bit of a side issue. Certainly, he's right in one respect that Launceston is not the place to attract young people to live. Launceston's a wonderful place to go for a weekend. There's piles of things to do there as a tourist. Um, it is not a place that young footballers are going to want to live to set up an AFL career. That's just being perfectly honest. However, he shouldn't have said what he said. The team's going to be based in Hobart, and Hobart is entirely different. In some respects, Hobart and Launceston are on a different planet. Hobart is thriving, buzzy, edgy. Um, it's got brilliant, It's got all the things that young footballers uh, would be interested in. It's got a great, uh, a great food scene, a great music scene, a great art scene. Housing prices are pretty. I mean, they're going up, but it's a brilliant place to live. You can you can buy yourself a beautiful place with a water view, fifteen minutes out of town, and uh, get to training quickly. It's a, it's going to be a very similar setup, I think, in a lot of ways to what they've set up in Geelong, provided the facility that they set up for the Hobart team the Tasmanian team and the uh, and they've got good people on board 
Um, there's every chance it'll be a spectacular success. It'll be a destination club for players on to play. Geelong have worked it out, but not every star footballer wants to live in the middle of uh, wants to live in Richmond or Collingwood or Carlton or Brighton or Camberwell, wherever you'll find AFL players these days. A lot of the Geelong players loving living uh, on the coast and being able to drive in, having a great footy experience. Hobart will be the same. So Sisley shouldn't have said what he said. Um, it was not a remark a captain of the club should be saying. He'll need to think very carefully about what he says for now. It's great that the club, Hawthorne, don't get a lot of exposure these days. It's great that Sis is doing this regular spot on Sport 927 and a friend of Hawks Insiders, Daniel Harford, must have uh, you know, been thrilled to get the, the great story uh, out of Sis that went viral and had everyone, including all the other radio stations, playing it. But Sis needs to be smarter. Has had the best week, Sis, because the other part, Brad, of course, was Sunday. He was off the ground at a key stage of that last quarter. He was exhausted. He came off the ground. Um, wasn't there for the key play when Fogarty took the mark, but ended up being the match-winning goal. Came back on the ground, threw himself forward to try and sort of steal the game back for Hawthorne. But uh, Mitchell made the point that the team walks taller when he's on the ground and he needed to find a way. He needed to find a way to uh, get himself and be involved in the contest all the way through. Patrick, good evening. You've got a question. I was just going to say, was it that the media, they must have thought that he would be that silly to say it? Or should the media manager reminded him that Tassie was our major sponsor and that it probably would have been brought up and don't say anything bad about Tassie? Uh, yeah, media people could have preempted it a bit, but um, you know, this is, this, I think it's at 7 o'clock in the morning and I'm not sure the media people would have even been. Sometimes the media people are actually in the studio uh, when players do interviews, but you think you can trust your captain on a regular radio spot to uh, say the right thing. He should have, uh, he should have remembered. Um, I'm not quite buying the uh, the uh, misunderstood or misquoted or out of context. He just said it, and uh, yeah, he, he might have been speaking the truth, but sometimes the truth isn't the right thing to say, and he should have uh, he should have dodged the question. And he's interesting because somebody actually said to me that they. Um, I was talking to someone who said he was on a plane back from Hawthorne, with a lot of the Hawthorne players on a plane back on Monday from uh, from Launceston. So a lot, a lot of them stayed, did stay over for a day off on Monday. A lot of them did stay over in Tassie after the game. A lot of them hit the, the golf course of Barnbugle or enjoy some Tasmanian tourism. And Sicily was one of those. So clearly he does enjoy, he's being genuine when he says he, he likes the place. Just doesn't live there. But uh, the captain certainly need to do better and uh, let's hope that he does uh, think a little bit more carefully about his about his um, about his public utterances in the future. Um, Brad, Will McCabe, are you getting excited yet? Absolutely. What is he? One ninety-seven, thirty plus touches. I think it was twelve marks. The last game he played, centre half back, which. I think will become an issue by the end of the year. He's going to, Will McCabe will, you know, come in next year and probably play from the start of uh, the season, obviously pending, you know, how DGB and Blank go for the rest of the year. But exciting times. The only issue which we've spoken about was, is he performing too well too early? His draft stock's rising. Uh, We've obviously, you know, we traded for uh, Weddle last year. We've got the Bulldogs second and third round picks, which hopefully we don't have to lose to get uh, McCabe. We'll definitely lose our second round pick for him. But, you know, is he is he at the moment coming, you know, bolting to be a top 15 
proposed pick. I don't know. Prinzi's probably the better one to speak it speak about. I don't know if any of our other Hawks insiders, has, you know, based in South Australia, have seen Will play, but he seems to be a bolter at the moment. He's tracking in an interesting way, and I'm not saying he's going to be like the guy I'm going to compare him to, but. And only, I say this because I know the family, and I, I therefore track him pretty closely. But this time, at the start of the draft season last year, so in, the under, in his underage year, um, Harry Sheasel was regarded as a second-round pick. Then at the start of the, um, yeah, the top of the second, yeah, early second-round pick, then as the footy started over the course of the season, his stock rose pretty dramatically. So, and Will McKay's been the same. This time last year, or even late last year, he was, yeah, he was seen as a second-round pick. He didn't make the, the academy squad. And the academy squad is 25, 26 players, usually considered the best 25 or so players in the country. He didn't make the academy squad. So, therefore, he wasn't considered to be a first-round pick. Uh, but on the basis of what he's done so far this season, he's now considered a top-20 pick. So, he's on the fringe of being a first-round pick. He's starting to get a bit of love from Cal Toomey, who gave him a bit of a rap on, on his uh, gettable podcast over the course of the week. So now he's, he's on the radar and he, uh, with that 30 touches, and there's vision, there's vision of about, I'm sure a lot of people on this uh, podcast tonight, on the space side, probably saw the vision this week. If you're a Hawthorne tragic, you would have found it. Looked really impressive moving off half back, really that tall, rangy, but athletic, but knows how to get the football and use the football. So he's now at the stage where he's going to be picked for the South Australian squad as he was last year. He'll be picked for the championship, which will start in a few weeks' time. If he has a good championships, he'll go probably, you know, he won't go to top three like Sheasel, but he, you know, he could be looking at top 15, close to top 10. And then the Hawks will have some work to do because he, um, they're, they're planning, you know, I know this from talking to people at the club, Hawthorne's assumptions all along was that he would be a, um, second round, they, they wouldn't need to worry about using the first round pick for him. It'd be, first round pick would be probably the top five. They get one of the top five players, the way they're checking the line, it's likely to be one of the top three players in the draft, and then use their second round pick for McCabe. Um, but they might need to be a bit more creative now and do some trading, trade some uh, trade some uh, picks and what have you, so they've got enough to make sure they protect that first round pick and have enough to get McCabe in the second round. So if Prince was with us tonight, he would uh, be able to reel off the, the points uh, pretty quickly. But it's exciting. He's going to be, uh, you know, it's, you think it's pretty clear he's going to play for Hawthorne, giving his old man to have the director of football at the game. His old man was at the game, the Hawthorne game on Sunday, saw him on the vision from the rooms at one stage. So that's an exciting development for Hawthorne. Father, son, we're starting to catch up in that space, which is really good. Um, We've sort of watched with envy as a few other teams have done so well with it over the journey. And now Hawthorne is starting to catch up, which is great. Sunday, of course, was uh, the, or the Anzac weekend was just gone. I just want to sort of look back uh, and for some reason, because we can't get this thing to work. But Andrew West did a fantastic piece uh, on Hawthorne's Anzac traditions, looking at the players who served the club. Uh, with distinction, who gave, who lost their lives, or the players who made the, 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 the great, the ultimate sacrifice uh, in World World Wars One and Two. Um, if you uh, get a chance, go back and revisit his piece. It was a beauty on um, Hawks Insiders. It ran, I think, over the weekend or early during the week. Um, Anzac Day at the MCG on 
Tuesday was a fabulous day at the footy. Had the good fortune to be there with 95,000 other people. Interesting to note that Sam Mitchell at his media conference today said he's building a team that will be able to play in games like that. Well, I think we're all looking forward to the day when Hawthorne again plays in front of 95,000 people at the MCG. Rather than just 11,000 people in Tasmania, which he said is what the uh, team has to deal with at the moment. Um, Brad, I want to talk to you briefly. Your um, when you we, we, but we this was our weekly question we debated during our off-season spaces. But now you've had a six, seven game look at it, and it's a question without notice for you. What is Hawthorne's? When will Hawthorne play finals? What do you think, based on what you've seen and what other teams are doing at this stage? Uh, I've said all along, uh, you know me, Ash, I'm ever the pessimist. I still think we are a few years off. I think 2026. Some might think 2025. I think next year we're going to be bottom four again. Um, Some might disagree, but I think we'll be bottom four again next year. But then I think come 2025, I think we'll start to move up quite quickly. I don't think we'll be quite ready yet to play finals. I think our list at the moment that, you know, I've said we're at full strength at the moment, but I think there's still probably four or five, maybe even six spots up for grabs in our team. Um, I don't think the team that we have at the moment out there is a finals quality calibre team. Um, I know we've got some really good top end talent that we need to get as many games to as possible, but I can't see us playing finals till uh, 2026 is my best guess, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, I think it'll be a, you know, I think it's a slow build. I know we've hit the draft probably the last three years. This is, you know, Will Day's third, third year, but I think the proper rebuild, which Sam is uh, working on at the moment, really only started last year. Um, and I think it needs a good three or four years before we, uh, you know, start challenging to make the finals. Okay. Uh, Walker's put up the highlights uh, in the Hawks Insiders Twitter feed, uh, for sort of the reply to this spaces. Um, plays very, and makes observation, which is quite true, plays very similarly to Nick uh, to Nick Blakey. So, um, they're great. I'm watching them now as I talk. Very exciting. And I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. The championships are all on AFL.com and some are on Fox Footy. I think we'll be watching very closely this year to see how he goes. Doc Mansell at Sicily. I think it's a bit of a storm and a teacup, to be honest. There's plenty out there that have been waiting for any month to pop by James Sicily just to publicly hang him. Silly thing to say, but no malice intended. It's ridiculous how much airtime it's gotten. I think that's a, they're, they're all good points, certainly. I think when you're a captain of a club, you shouldn't be saying those sorts of things. Um, and uh, certainly there's no malice intended. Um, some have suggested that uh, I know, uh, a couple of people with a bit of experience in media were on Twitter today saying what uh, Hawthorne could have actually turned this around beautifully with uh, putting James Sicily up at the... Uh, Sam Mitchell press conference today wearing an I Love Tasmania t-shirt, which actually would have been a fantastic thing to do. Brad, would you have done something like that? Uh, it's an interesting one. They they probably copped it behind uh, the scenes. I've got a feeling the Tassie people would have been on the phone straight away. Um, and I think they just needed to play it smart. I agree. It probably, you know, it could have worked, but... I think they made the right call. I think what Sis did was the right thing. He put out that apology, even though it probably wasn't written by him. That would have come from the club's uh, media department. But 
hopefully now I think it'll sort of just uh, go away. Um, I don't think we'll hear about it again. Something else will pop up in the next 24 hours, hopefully from another club, and it'll be forgotten about once the round kicks off uh, tomorrow night with St Kilda and Port Adelaide. Yeah, it is uh, one thing they used to say, uh, today's news is tomorrow's fish and ship wrapper. That'll be the case, no doubt, with um, James I think we might have lost Ash, but yes, anybody... Ash is not there anymore. I can hear you, AC, but Ash is not there. Ah, how the tables have turned. No, uh, I think we can head into the time for selection dissection. I think that's a great idea. And Brad, I think uh, whilst we get Ash sorted, um, I don't one, like... yeah. Yeah, one of one the next. very, very exciting days when it comes to what we've all been hoping to do this season uh, and try and find some positives and get excited about a few things. Today is one of the days uh, that we've got a lot to be excited about. Absolutely. Two debutants, two of the more exciting young players to come through. Max Ramsden, Josh Weddle, who we obviously traded up for to get that pick 18 to bring him in, which is sensational. Neither will be the sub, which is great. I think um, Scrimshaw will be the sub again. He's obviously not 100% fit, so he's playing that sub role at the moment because I think Scrim is definitely in our best 18 when he's fully fit. Um, But it's going to be great to see two debutants play. It's a tough game. Marble Stadium, Bond's 200th game. So Josh Weddle's going to play down back. DGB's been dropped, which is unfortunate. I thought he would be dropped. Some thought he'd still be in the team. Um... Blank's obviously not in, so the Bulldogs play three talls down back in Norton, uh, down forward, Norton, Jamara, Rory Lobb. So Josh Weddle's going to get a baptism of fire. He's going to have to play on one of those guys because Frost will probably take um, Lobb or Jamara. I think Sicily last year played on uh, Norton, so it's going to be interesting to see how he's structured down back. Uh, Ramson's obviously going to play forward with Mitch Lewis, which is great to have Mitch Lewis back. He'll obviously top out Ned Reeves in the ruck. Tim English is going to be a massive assignment as well for him. So it's going to be a big learning curve for those two boys. Um, But it's interesting. We lost by three points and we made five changes, which is very rare. So as I mentioned before, we've got our full, just about our full strength side in at the moment, which is great. Um, Interesting to see some of the names of Box Hill uh, Lloyd Meek and Cooper Stevens, who we all thought would probably be playing in the senior side at this time of the year, are going to be playing down at Box Hill. DGB, James Blank, um, Lockie Bramble, uh, Henry Husswaite, uh, you know, O'Sullivan, Bennett, Sam Butler. As I mentioned before, the depth's there. So, like some of these guys are going to be in the best team next year. But uh, they're going to have to earn uh, their spot because the team that Sam has picked for this week is probably the team that he sees as our best team, at least for the next three or four weeks. We'll see Weddle and Ramsden get a bit of a run at it, um, which is exciting. Brad, just um, obviously losing DGB and Scrimshaw, we've talked a lot about 
the triple-headed forward line of Norton, Lobb and Jamara. Um, we're pretty confident that Damo is going to be talking about Sicily in his sliding doors tomorrow. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't for that, do you think he'd be using the T word again? It, it, what are you thinking is going to happen selection-wise to cover us down back? Well, like, it's, it's very interesting. I thought, like, DGB defensively played pretty well last week. He played most of the game on uh, Riley Philthorpe and did a really good job. But he, I know it's not all about our possessions, but he had three disposals and one mark for the game. You need to be able to win the football, uh, especially with the way the game has been played uh, today. Um, I thought he would be dropped. Um, some thought he would hold his spot. Josh Weddle, as I said, comes in. He's quite tall. He's going to have to play down back. Scrimshaw will start as the sub like he did last week. But it's going to be interesting because I've tweeted about it. Um, James Sicily is not a key position uh, defender. We saw the way he got absolutely destroyed when we played uh, Geelong um, in the Queen's birth, uh, the Queen's birthday game, uh, the at Easter uh, Monday game. Often when he's had to play that fullback role or you know that key position defender role, he really struggles. So he's going to have to play that role again. Um, because we're only really going to have him, uh, Sam Frost, and uh, Weddle. Um, even without Scrimshaw's not really key position, but he often can play that third man up role. So, Josh Weddle, welcome to the big time. He's probably going to spend time on uh, Rory Lobb and uh, Jamara. So, uh, Whitey's there as well. Whitey, I don't know um, what your thoughts are on selection this week or what you wanted to talk about, but the floor's yours. All right. Firstly, I've got a couple of things. Is um, The selection, I think, is fantastic. I think we're getting all these kids in the game. We're giving them games, find out what they can do. Um, Ramsden, we better considering he's a forward come ruck and he's got Lewis to protect him a bit. But I wanted to talk about, firstly, there were two things I want to talk about. Firstly, the thing with um, Sicily, the point is no one said anything about that the day after he said it, the morning after he said it, uh, uh, agent who's remained quiet, didn't want his name known, he said there are plenty of players that believe exactly what he said. No one had mentioned anything about that. I know this is our bloke. And he also said, he goes, I wouldn't want to live there. He didn't say he wouldn't want a holiday there, which is what they want us to do when we go down there. They don't want us to live there. They want us to come down and holiday there. The other thing was, and it come up during the conversation at the end of um, last week when the boys were doing the um, games, the, the, the ratings, we made 16 tackles to eight inside 50 and didn't get one free kick. 16 to eight. And if we it's do that this white. week, yeah. we, we win if we get, get free kicks. You can't make 16 tackles inside 50 and get no free kicks when the other mob made eight and got four. It's an excellent point. Weesey is hot on this. I'm sure he's going to have a say as well. Hawthorne laid 88 tackles last week, which was unbelievable. The most we've laid in all the years, probably the most a team has laid this this uh, year. If you lay 88 tackles, you often win a game of football. And 16 tackles inside 15, did you say we received one free kick? None. Is an absolute no, nah. is an absolute disgrace. We might be biased, but this has crept in the last couple of years. We get a horrendous deal. We can't buy a holding uh, the ball decision. It happens every week. We see 
you want to oh. talk about this because you've mentioned this numerous times, and I noticed it last week. Well, I feel like Whitey's deliberately uh, doing this just to get me up and about because he knows, he knows, especially from the early days of Insiders on social media, how I feel um, about, particularly about not getting holding the ball decisions. What was unbelievable on the weekend was there were so many perfectly executed tackles where we had one ball pinned and the player had an arm free with the ball and it's it's their problem that the only way that they can get rid of it is to throw it or to drop it and that is considered having had the opportunity to dispose of it it's the perfect tackle and i haven't I, i can't remember a game where that sort of tackle hasn't been rewarded as much it's just really frustrating because then they, they just pick out a free, like a really soft free, when these are the ones that you've earned. You know, we, in terms of the good on the weekend, our intensity, um, our commitment, our endeavour, our tackling was incredible. And, I mean, it goes back to, you know, that there were plenty of times over the years where Clarko actually complained about it or, you know, actually wrote to seek clarification because how do you have 88 tackles and not be getting rewarded with free kicks? It's it's ridiculous. And it, it, it does change the course of the game, but at the same time, what can you do? Yeah, the, the, my, my point, boys, is, is I think our game, and this is one of the things I've been saying, and it's not it wasn't only at the outs. It happened both ways. The problem lies is we keep the pressure up. If we can keep the pressure up, there'll be days they'll get record, they'll get rewarded. And at the moment, it's every game you watch, there's tackles being made where blokes are getting, like you said, we see are getting tackled. And as they take a tackle, they just drop the ball on the ground. They've had time to dispose of it. They get tackled, get the ball on the ground. If we keep our pressure up, now we've got Lewis as a target, I think we can actually cause an upset. I honestly believe... Where millimeter half a chance, the only disadvantage is that it had to be bloody Bonton Felly's 200th game. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my article. Bond's 200th game at Marvel Stadium, where we don't play well. The Bulldogs, for whatever you know, they just uh, bully us. The last few times we played them, last year the Tassie game's not a good uh, reflection, but when we play them at Marvel Stadium, for whatever reason, they just completely bully yeah. us. And with being such a young side, I do agree, though, uh, Whitey, and that's what I said at the start. I don't think we're going to win uh, the Wooden Spoon. Three weeks ago, I probably did, but I think we're a lot better than West Coast. We're a lot better than North Melbourne, and with Lewis back, like uh, you mentioned, he'll change the dynamic of our team, and I reckon we will cause a few upsets in the next 10 weeks, as I've said. If you look at our draw, it's absolutely brutal, but we've got uh, Gold Coast in there. We play West Coast down in Tassie. Um, there's a few other games that we can cause an upset. Um, but, yeah, I think I can see us winning five or six games, yep. which will be enough to finish, you know, probably um, you know, probably 16th. I think West Coast and North will both struggle to win five games this year. Yep. Their Bulldogs game from 2016, the Nation final, was the one that Clarkson was really frustrated about. Hawthorne tackled beautifully that night and got no reward whatsoever from the umpires. If you look at a game, a similar event where that's happened, 
that was a game. And uh, there's been suggestions the Bulldogs are getting away that sort of stuff again. So it could be another frustrating day at the footy for you on Saturday, Weezy. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I think uh, Whitey actually mentioned something that's really important. Like if we keep bringing that intensity and that effort and, and that hard tackling at some point, you know, if we're doing that consistently, it will get rewarded. And I'm I'm very I'm very much looking at Brad's timeline as opposed to this year. I'm more worried about wins and losses in two and three years' time. We could have been three and three. Um, yes, if some of those decisions went our way, we very much could have won the game. But the reality is, whether we win four games or we win eight games, it actually doesn't matter this year. And this week's selection is probably a really good example of why it doesn't. Uh, Mick, good evening. You've got a question. Uh, you're trained today. Where yeah. Got any observations for us? Yeah. Oh, it's, it rained all day while they trained, so <laughs> playing under the roof didn't really help them. Um, as I put in the thing, Sarong was running laps. Frost didn't do any match sim, um, and that was about it in terms of anything that was sort of worth noting. Um, just back to Brad's point, and a Whitey's point, I agree. Ramston coming with Lewis, I think, smart. You know, gives them an opportunity up there, but in the back line, I'm not sure that Weddle's been d- done any favours with the way Norton and Eugle Hagen jump at the ball, you know, they come from really odd angles. And I don't think Frosty can handle either of those two. He's more likely to take Lob. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. it'll be Weddle and Sisley against um, Norton and um, Eugle Hagen. Um, and it, I just think for his first game, because watching her play at Box Hill last week, he didn't, they had, as you rightly say, it was a, you know, it was a semi-professional side. They had no one really jumping at the ball at all. And he tended to play, from what I read it, halfback flank more like a virtual type role than a key defender role. Um, so I just think he, he might be finding himself in a really awkward spot to start with. So I thought, mm. I'm surprised they picked him this week, Weddle. Yeah, me too. I, I thought off the stadium and MCG were the two games. I would have, I would have held him out from Box Hill this week and made him almost like the emergency, and um, or possibly, and he still might be the sub. Um, you never know. They, they could uh, move things around, but I would have. I, I think he's. I, I said now group. I said Melbourne and MCG in a couple of weeks would be the ideal first game for him because he, his game is built for MCG. Just he can run and he can switch and do all those sorts of things that the good teams do. He'll be able to run with Melbourne all day. Mm. Um, and even next week against Fremantle, you know, this has become known as Freeze Mantle because they don't run. A guy like Weddle and Amon, they could absolutely work Freo over next week. So. I was a bit surprised they picked him for this week, to, to be honest. But maybe but Mitchell said you've got to earn games, and uh, maybe Mitchell's also sending a very subtle message to you know, a couple of the, you know, the uh, Conor McDonald, who I don't think has been dropped yet. Uh, I think it's the first time he's actually been dropped from the side since he debuted at the start of last season. And to McKenzie as well, that we can't keep giving you games. You've got to, you know, you haven't taken, you've got to take a game apart a bit, and haven't done that. And, Time to reward for him. Oh, but is it a genuine rest for him? Like Ward set out last week, he didn't play. Like he's sitting on the, he's sitting down in front of me watching Box Hill play. So these, are they giving McKenzie and, and uh, McDonald a week off, basically? Well, I haven't seen the Box Hill team yet. That may, if anyone's seen the Box Hill team, they, if it's picked and announced and broadcast, let us know who's been named for Box Hill. It could be interesting well, to they, see. Yeah, it, they're playing uh, at one thirty too on Sunday. I <laughs> know oh, they're playing. I mentioned, mentioned they're playing Casey Demons yeah. on. Uh, look at the grand final preview. Yeah. 
in the in the VFL this week, so that'll be a, that'll be a big test. So they're playing Casey now. I'm not sure who they play in two weeks when they play Melbourne, but anyway. Um, but selection fascinating. Um, I think it's it's given Hawthorne's was a lot of reason to come to the footy. Um, but I want to know if people who watch Box Hill. I haven't watched a lot of Box Hill. Is Rams and ready? Uh, what do you think, Mick? Is he ready? I'll He's gone. He's just dropped off. So who thinks? Uh, do you think Rams is ready? Weezy? Look, I think that, I mean, you mentioned Mitchell giving games to people who have earned it, and he's been in wonderful nick. I think one thing that's interesting is actually considering the whole ruck combination side of things, and I actually thought Ned Reeves did a fantastic job as a pure ruck last week, especially with Lynch going down early, despite the fact that he needs to do more around the ground, and Tim English could totally show him show him up but I think Ransdom works really well where he's potentially playing 80% of the game up forward next to Lewis so all he becomes is the relief ruckman allowing Ned Reeves to play more game time in the ruck which I think suits him so um, I think it's as good a time as any again rewarding his performances in the last few weeks to give him a go uh, it will be interesting. Brad, what does it mean for um, Cozzy? Uh, I think Cozzy's in a lot of trouble. I know he's only 21. He did kick three last week, as we said. Opposition wasn't great. But if Ramsden, you know, comes in and he performs really well, like Cozzy could have easily played the last couple of weeks and he hasn't been picked. So um, I know he's young. Uh, he doesn't – I don't think he's – I don't think his contract – I think his contract ends the end of this year. I don't think he's got another year. So – um, I think the only way he gets it another year is, you know, our key position forward depth is really poor. Um, obviously, we're going to get uh, Will uh, McCabe into the side, but he's more of a, de- a key position uh, defender. Um, but Cozzy is, yeah, I, I just can't see him getting back into the side uh, for at least another five or six weeks. I think Ramson will get a good go now. I think he'll get at least three or four games. And if he does bob up and kick a couple of goals, um, I think he'll keep his spot. I think a forward line with Lewis, Ramsden and Fergus Green is the third. And then you've got the likes of um, Moore, uh, Wingard and Brockman uh, down below. Is actually, it's a potentially a pretty good forward line. Um, Lewis is obviously going to take a few weeks. Um, I know Marvel Stadium is not the greatest of grounds to come back after a knee an injury, but... Mitch Lewis was never going to want Thaggy uh, to play. It's just the timing. Um, as Ash has spoken about, we don't have a lot of home games at the MCG. Um, uh, he'll obviously go to Perth next week, which again is not great, but then he'll have the game against Melbourne at the MCG. So fingers crossed he goes well. Um, we need him down there. But yeah, I think the full, I think this forward line, um, you know, you replace a wing guard next year with a Sam Butler or a, uh, Bennett's um, or one of those type, and I think the forward line's actually not too bad. What can I just add? Uh, the, the, a comment on Cozzy. I don't understand if we're talking about how you know he's going to struggle to get a game in the forward line. We've got issues with our key defensive stocks. He has no problems getting to a contest, and he's got the body and size, and was obviously originally a defender, why isn't he playing at full-back or centre-half-back for Box Hill? 
That's a good question. Who knows? They uh, that may change. Also got Emerson Jacker, who uh, is coming back from his hamstring injury, who played some great footy for Box Hill uh, as a key defender last year. So they got things to look at. They need to have a good look at Jacker before the end of the season. He needs to play a bit more senior footy to see whether he's got it. And they, Cosie will come back. Firstly, it's a it's a big uh, it's a big suggestion. It's a it's, it's wishful thinking that Mitch Lewis will play a big game before the end of the season. I've got worries about his durability. I know you do as well, Brad. So, you know, if we, you know, he he will miss more games before the end of the year because that's what he tends to do. So there's a chance for Cosy to come back. They'll have a look at the Cosy. They'll 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 give the Cosy Mitch Lewis combination a couple of weeks as well before the end of the season. Don't forget, this is still a season of development for Hawthorne, and they're trying to win the games, but they are experimenting as well. So I'm sure that a few different combinations will be tried before the end of the season. But there's no doubt. There's a fair bit of excitement about Ramsden and Weddell debuting at the same time on uh, Saturday afternoon at Marvel Stadium. It really is, uh, you know, a game that doesn't look on paper that Hawthorne will probably win. The dogs for Bontempelli, you know, he's one of the top three players in the comp at the moment. For his turn of the game, it's hard to see Hawthorne winning the game. However, they've given their supporters a reason to come to the footy. A quick question here. From Marto, thought on Lee Montagna's prediction that Hawks won't make finals under Mitchell. I don't agree with that prediction. I think Sam Mitchell, he's got yeah, he'll he's got a five year contract. He got five years minimum to to get things right at Hawthorne. And I'd like to think that by year five Hawthorne will be coming very close to it. Uh, I did have a one of the senior guys at Champion Data, who watches a lot of footy, did come up to me on Anzac Day at the footy and said to me, Hawks are going all right, aren't they? And I said, I think they're going pretty well. And he said, they're going more than pretty well. They're going to be really good in a couple of years. So there are people there who really rate what they're doing um, at the moment. And another commentator who does actually does back for Hawthorne, I think we might try and get him on one day. Smokey Dawson came up to me and said, Hawks will win a flag in five years' time. So what do you think of that prediction, Weezy? Uh, oh, it sounds pretty good to me. Uh, we know very well that so much has to go right to win a flag. So to say that we'll win one in five years is pretty bold, but um, I'm ecstatic with how everything is progressing. And, you know, it's been a long time since I've been this excited about uh, a long time relative. Obviously we've just been through a golden era Um the core group of young prodigious talent that we've got. So, and, and believe in, you know, we've already talked about Burge tonight and, and Mackenzie and Mitchell, and it's just so positive. Um, and you see how much the playing group already love each other and love playing with and for each other. And yeah, maybe not win a flag, but I reckon within five years we can be, you know, back in back playing in, in the last couple of weeks in September, for sure. Before we finish up, so Glenn Thomas and Seamus Mitchell has been a re- revelation this year. Can definitely cement that second small defender position going forward. So Hawthorne's pretty much got a full list to choose from on Saturday. And Seamus Mitchell is in the team. Brad, is he best 23 yet? Uh, I think he still needs a couple more weeks to prove himself. I thought he was quiet for the first three quarters last week, but... I thought his last quarter was underrated. He was brilliant. His run was really good. He nearly kicked a goal, you know, right at the end of the game. Took three or four marks in the last quarter. He's really tough 
which is what I like. His skills are actually uh, not too bad, but um, he's impressed me. I know he uh, took a while to get in uh, to the side, but uh, like I said, we're just about at full strength. But, you know, he's probably in that 18 to 23 player range. You know, he's probably going to play a few games. He'll probably, you know, uh, go out, um, you know, we'll see like a Henry Husswait uh, come in and, you know, play a few games. But he's earned his spot. He's played really well the first, you know, his last two games. And um, I think he's going to be a really good player. He shows he belongs. That he does. Okay, before we finish up, uh, I'll ask you both uh, Tip and Martin for Saturday. Uh, Bond's 200th. We're not beating the dogs. If we play like we did against the Crows, I think we could get within probably four goals. I just think their forward line and their midfield is just going to be way, way too strong. So if we get within four goals, I think it will be a good uh, result. Um, but I think this round is all about us getting down to Marvel, 4.35 on Saturday, seeing Ramsden and Weddle debut and uh, the return of Mitch Lewis, which will be great to see. What do you see? Uh, I'm going dogs by six goals, and similar to Brad, I mean, for me, the return of Mitch Lewis is very, very exciting. Not necessarily expecting him to kick more than a couple of goals, but to get the game under under his belt, I reckon we will have a red-hot go at Frio the next week, that's for sure. All right, we've got a, a very quick question from Michael before we go. Michael, go ahead. Michael, switch your, uh, switch your mic on and we'll try and get you before we finish up. No good. No good. Uh, my prediction is uh, normally I would say the Western Bulldogs was by 10 points, but I think um, it might be 20 because of Bont, um, Bont's milestone game. He has been a wonderful player. Love watching him play. And uh, I'll even enjoy watching him play on Saturday because he's a super footballer. That has been it for the spaces. We finally got there. Uh, a couple of tweaks on, uh, glitches on the way, but we, we made it happen. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, you can listen if you missed part of it or you want to listen to it again. It'll be available as a podcast through your favourite podcast provider sometime tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, as always, for your support of Hawks Insiders. $5 a month, $50 a year for great online Hawthorne content. Look out for our match review pod sometime over the weekend and our match review article as well. Um, and please, if you haven't read Weiss's really good Anzac Day piece, it's not too late. Uh, don't wait till next Anzac Day to read it. It is a wonderfully researched and written piece. Um, any last words from you, Weiss, before we go? No, I think you covered it, but I think maybe just to slant things the other way, uh, the message we want to send is for everyone to visit Tasmania. Yes, visit Tasmania. Go uh, go to Mona, go to Salamanca Markets, go to uh, Bruni Island, go to Port Arthur, go to the Queensland footy ground, uh, the, the Queensland footy ground that's got the gravel, Golf of Bard Boogle, um, the beautiful north and west, west coast as well. A few wineries along the way. A few wineries on the way. Go there, spend money, and show them a lot of love. That has been it for Hawk Insiders. And tell them James Sicily sent you. That has been it for Hawk Insiders. Safe space. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Thursday night. Enjoy the rest of the uh, week. Uh, enjoy the game against the Bulldogs on Saturday. Hopefully, we'll all be there to say, 
We were there the day that two fantastic careers started. Talk to you soon. Good night. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more.